Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is the subject of water. And I can totally geek out on this subject because once I started understanding how most of us actually are completely dehydrated, not only is water the source of hydration for our mostly water body of water, I should say, it is also the carrier or the currency of information, electricity, nutrition, and so much more. I have been actively seeking someone that could come on the podcast who is an expert on the subject, but who is also really, I would say, an ambassador, not only of water, but of the mythic properties that water possesses. And I brag that I found the most incredible guest. And we actually ended up having to recreate this episode because we didn't have the proper sound. And I really wanted to do this particular episode justice. So we're redoing it in honor of water and in honor of the critical importance of this conversation. So my guest today is Isabel Friend, who's an international ambassador of water. She's a public speaker and an educator, and she seamlessly blends science and spirit into a comprehensive cosmology of water and wisdom spanning the practical insights of health, hydration, biology, to also the empowering tactics for watershed guardianship and ecological activism, as well as esoteric and subtle insights that contain ancient indigenous water wisdom. I mean, there is so much here. So she's also really amazing at some of the more heady scientific discoveries of cutting-edge water research. She has an offering that is as multifaceted as water itself. For the past six years, she's taught about water throughout the U.S., Canada, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Bali, Mexico, and Thailand. She actually is going to be speaking us today from Tulum, She says that water is life, and as such, water holds the solutions to life's toughest questions. By shifting our relationship to liquid life from resource to the source, we tap into the vast untapped potential of free energy and boundless wisdom within us and within nature. So I'm so proud to introduce you to Isabel, who's coming to us today again from Tulum, and she has a workshop happening, and I'm just so thrilled to have her. So hi, Isabel. Hi, Monica. Thanks so much for having me on. 
Yes. Oh, my goodness. And let's just jump in. Let's dive in. We'll use all our metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) This topic goes deep. (laughs) It goes deep. This topic goes so deep. So I would love to just start with right off the bat, how the moment you knew that water was such an incredibly important subject for you. What made you really dive into water? I remember that you were talking about the fact that you were studying nutrition at the time and made a connection between if food is a nutrient in this way, then water is a nutrient as well. Absolutely. I was a nutritionist in New York City back in 2009 when I first got obsessed with water. And at the time I was studying nutrigenomics, which is how our food actually affects our genetic expression. And in particular, I was experimenting with how more that we eat, in other words, we go out and wildcraft and forage our diet, it actually rewilds our genetic expression as well. That's when I started to discover the work of Victor Schauberger, who was he was called the water wizard. And um, around that time, I started wildcrafting and foraging for unfiltered, untreated, unprocessed spring water as well. And so I started wild harvesting raw living water directly from the earth. And that was one of the most profound experiences of my life. It completely reformulated my system, mind, body, and spirit. And so the more research that I did into that, I realized, wow, the water that we drink is actually far more important than the food that we eat. Because if we're not properly hydrated, we can't even absorb all of the nutrients that we're taking in. And you know, our bodies are 70% water by volume, but molecularly, we're about 99.95% water molecules. So for every thousand molecules in your body, 999 and a half of them are water and they are what mitigate every single function in the body. It's not so much the macromolecules, but rather the water that determines the expression of the macromolecules within your body. So that kind of, again, just led me down the the rabbit hole of Victor Schauberger's work, which is so profound. If we were to implement even one of his insights in the world, it would radically change the trajectory of humanity. And uh, that took me into the work of many other researchers, you know, Dr. Patrick Flanagan, Theodore Schwenk, Dr. Marcel Vogel, Dr. Rustin Roy, just many, many, many others over the years. And I've been uh, a bit obsessed ever since. I started teaching in 2014 and started doing it professionally in 2018. You know, obsession, (laughs) the obsession is such the indicator, the passion that we've found our purpose and that this really has become the work that you embody in the world. And I couldn't think of a more powerful expression of your brilliance when I think about the importance of water in our bodies. And just in the very short time that you and I had our conversation, it has impacted me at such a deep level. Because I do think, especially for my listeners and those who are actively seeking to understand how to come back into wholeness, including with our health, that this becomes a critical part of that puzzle. And it's like so refreshing, again, back to the metaphors, but truly to begin to kind of almost like my body, as soon as you start talking about this, it lands as truth. It lands as this electrical resonance that comes up in me that says, yes, like this, 
this is true. This is like what I've been missing. And this is what my body actually already knows. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Water is the single unifying thread between pretty much all systems of medicine, East and West. And the longer I've studied hydrobiology, the more that I can see that it is really the mediator between the physical and the quantum, between the human and the heavenly. And so it is the water within our bodies that um, dictates the spectrum of frequencies that our cells have access to, and also the quality and the coherence of those frequencies as well. There's a a doctor, oh, I'm spacing on her name at the moment, but she spent 20 years studying medicine. She went to the four years of allopathic school to become a Western medicine doctor. And then she realized, you know, this isn't quite it. This isn't like the ultimate healing path that I'm looking for. And so then um, I think she became an, an integrative medicine practitioner or a naturopath. I'm forgetting her exact journey, but basically 20 years she was in school. And she even recognized that, okay, actually all of uh, physiological illness first begins with the mind and the emotion. So then she began to study psychology and uh, various forms of, of psychological healing. And in the end, after all of that, she came out and said, what no one ever tells you in any of these schools of medicine and what it took me 20 years as a healer to recognize is that it all comes down to the water. Mm -hmm. All of it, Mm -hmm. all of your health is mitigated by the water because water is life and and it is 99.95% of us. And and this is just show it's borne out again and again and again in in various studies when when it's actually looked into which you know hydration is is very rarely actually given the the credit that it deserves as the foundational pillar of health. But Dr. Batman Gellage, for example, He cured countless people of so many, just such a wide spectrum of illnesses solely using hydration protocols. And he devoted his entire career to tracing the pathology of how every single illness can actually be traced back to various states of dehydration at their core. Um, even, you know, psychological illnesses. There's Dr. Sarah Van Anroy in Colorado who she treats all of her patients first and foremost with a hydration protocol. And she's found that even in cases as severe as bipolar disorder, hydration is as effective and sometimes more effective than pharmaceutical medicine. Even in uh, things like COVID, you know, there was a study that was done by, it was a collaborative analysis done by Harvard researchers and researchers at, I believe, Arizona State University. And they said that uh, based on their research, they concluded that hydration was the primary factor in determining overall COVID susceptibility and overall COVID outcomes. And, you know, once you start understanding hydration, it's really not surprising at all to see that in in the case of any disease, because we tend to think of hydration as just how much water are we drinking? Are we drinking enough water? And that is why about 100% of the population suffers from unintentional chronic dehydration without even realizing it, because hydration, believe it or not, actually has very little to do with the water that we drink and how much water we drink. There's there's so much there that I want to just point back to for a minute and just make sure that I'm really clear on it, because... So what's coming up for me is everything, like I'm thinking even about a woman's like monthly cycles, our hormones, our the way that our cells and our neurons communicate, 
the way that our body repairs itself, the detox pathways, all of that is built upon this foundational pillar of hydration. And how hydrated we are really determines how well we are, how quickly we can recover from illness, how quickly we can expel toxins from the body and come back into wholeness. Correct? Yes. It is the word well itself. Wellness yes. is a well of water and your hydration is directly proportional to your level of vitality. It's it's actually directly synonymous with your chi, your mana, your prana, your energy. In fact, we use the exact same measurement to determine your electrical charge as we do to determine your hydration because it is the water in your body that actually conducts all of that hydroelectric voltage of chi through your body. So we use a test called the phase angle test which determines your level of hydration. And it's actually a measurement of the cellular voltage of your cell membrane. So fundamentally, these are aquatic bodies. We carry hydrological cycles within us. You know, your blood plasma has almost the exact same ratios of minerals as uh, oceanic marine plasma. The only reason that our ancient ancestors were able to leave the oceans is by carrying the oceans within themselves as their own bloodstreams so that they could walk on land. And we still do to this day, but this terrestrial adaptation has led us to forget that we are still primarily aquatic beings. And in fact, all of the watersheds within our bodies mirror watersheds in the earth, as above, so below, as within, so without. So we have the exact same hydrological systems and cycles within our bodies as this blue marble watery planet that we live on has. So for example, you actually have springs of living water inside of your cells. It's called metabolic water, and it's constantly generating de novo, uh, proteum-rich, deuterium-depleted water inside of your cells. Your your fascia, for example, can be likened to the mycorrhizal networks of fungal organisms that are the largest organisms on this planet and they thread through the soil of you know every single landscape on earth just like they thread through all of our tissues and all of our cells and that fascia is actually an irrigative network irrigates each of your cells with water and with information in the same way that mycorrhizal networks do in the world you also of course you know you have veins and arteries that function in basically exactly the same way that rivers do in this earth. In fact, rivers, you know, they don't just flow in a riverbed, they actually spiral through the riverbed. And the same is true of blood in your veins. Your blood doesn't just flow, it actually spirals through your veins. Your cerebral spinal fluid is only one molecule different from seawater. We carry such incredible aquatic networks within ourselves and Yet we have this medical system that will look at the 0.01% solute rather than the 99.95% solution, literally, mm -hmm. and just treat that 0.01% as though it is the overall indicator of, of our health. And yet again and again and again, you know, like Dr. Ishahari Yumi said, aging is just a process of drying out. Like Dr. Carly Newday said, dying of old age is just death by dehydration. Our The quality of water within us is the overall determining factor of not just our physical health, but also our mental, emotional, and spiritual health as well. And I think that's the part that really draws me the most because yes, I love helping my clients with their, their physiological health, but the biggest results that I actually end up seeing downstream with them is that mental, emotional, and then spiritual health. 
Let's dive in a little bit more to spiritual health. But before we do, I want to go back as well as you were kind of talking about the mycorrhizal networks and, you know, kind of like as above, so below and this and the soil. And I kind of love that as we kind of go from outside the body to inside the body, the soil and the soul. It's like the soul of the earth and the the soul of our bodies, right? The soil of the earth and the soil of our bodies Mm -hmm. is like this play on words that, again, I think is so important for us as we're kind of listening to you, Isabel, to make this very important distinction and connection to the fact that we are made of matter and the mother, the earth, and that so much of our systemic health, it literally is, I'm going to go back to the card we pulled, the mirror. It is the mirror. And when I think about how the conduit of water the divinity of water, if you will, that it's that there's this way that we, when we tap into water, we also tap into one of the most, one of the biggest mysteries, mm-hmm. one of the most miraculous, you know, subjects that we could ever hope to, you know, explore that continually yields all of this fascinating information. And this is where I was going to lead us is that there's also so much territory to be explored as it relates to kind of like terrain theory and health. And as we interact with other human beings, how we literally just as women come into community with others, and our cycle, we start to cycle together. I think so much more happens in that same vein with the waters of our bodies as we interact with other bodies of water, where we're literally transmuting and transmitting a currency between each other that really is profound. I'll just say that. That's that's my theory. And I just mm-hmm. am gonna you're I know you're smiling because you're like, of course. And I'm like wanting you to dive in there for for a bit. Yeah. So there's a property of water that's called epitaxy or transference. And it refers to the fact that when you have and going to bring anything incoherent that's in its field into a higher state of coherence. So this is one reason, for example, why we use uh you know, something like an analemma wand, which contains incredibly highly coherent, highly structured water. And if you put that into a glass of bulk unstructured water, it's going to create more coherence in its field. And of course, the same is true with human bodies of water. So the the coherence and the bandwidth of frequency that our 
our bio water is conducting is largely the determining factor in how coherent and how crystalline those networks of water molecules are within our bodies. And so if we come into the presence of a person who is physiologically or vibrationally less coherent through water's incredibly intelligent capacity to have this mirroring effect to, to do this epitaxy phenomenon, we can actually uplift someone into a higher vibratory state. So when you are extremely coherent as a body of water, you become a physically healing presence. You uplift the bodies of water that you swim or bathe in. You uplift the water that you drink and that goes back into the watershed. Uh, you uplift the bodies of water that you're around, that you hug. Um, it's this really beautiful this really beautiful phenomenon. And at the same time, I want to add the caveat that oftentimes it is overestimated. Like for example, if you know, if you just put a crystal in your water, that's really going to give it a whole lot of and um crystals. While if you have already highly structured water, they can help the water to keep its structure. They don't generate a lot of de novo structure. It really just depends on the kind of crystal and that sort of thing. So somewhat related to what you were saying, but also kind of a tangent. And actually, now that we're on this topic, I'm realizing that there might be some people in the audience who aren't familiar with the term structured water. So maybe I should go over that a little bit. Yeah. Would you do that, Isabel? Would you go over what structured water is? And also, I would love to dive in a little bit with a concept you used in the last interview that we did around starving water, just so people kind of understand the foundation from which we're kind of building off of this conversation. For sure. So when we encounter water, there are there are several different kinds of water, of course, and they all affect our bodies and our minds very differently. And so the healthiest water for us is going to be living water, water that carries life force energy. But the only way that it's able to coherently conduct that kind of energy is if there is strength within the hydrogen bonds in the molecular matrix. So of course, we've all heard that water is H2O, two hydrogens and one oxygen, but it can actually take so many different forms and phases and shapes. It can take the shape of uh, H3O2, for example, which is considered an allotrope of water. So it's not solid, liquid, or gas. It's this third thing that's determined by the way the molecules come together. So these hydrogens they bond together in various kinds of relationships, various kinds of connections, van der Waals bonds, electrostatic bonds, et cetera, et cetera. And I really think of that as being like relationships in a community because based on how close they are, it determines how they can communicate, what kind of information they can communicate. And the stronger those bonds are, the more coherent the entire matrix of the community of molecular bonds. So, uh, for example, Dr. Rustam Roy uses this great analogy. He says, you know, bulk water, unstructured water, which is the water that most of us are familiar with, the water that most of us drink, it's like an alphabet soup. If you think of the molecules as being like letters in the alphabet, it's just random, it's jumbled, it's chaotic. The hydrogen bonds are forming and breaking apart billions of times per second. There's no time for them to snuggle up and talk to one another. Whereas, there are an infinite number of uh, unique geometries and patterns that are possible when they come together in coherence and in symmetry. And that 
has the capacity of carrying all the information and all the memory of literally the entire history of the universe. Water is the vessel of memory. In fact, the word mem itself means water. The word remembrance means to call forth from the waters again. And so, um, you know, going back to the alphabet analogy from Dr. Roy, you know, that would be like all of the all of the sonnets of Shakespeare can be held in just 26 letters while we just have, you know, three little molecules, three little atoms that come together in these molecules. And they, they form basically these, these crystalline patterns. So if you look at the definition of a crystal, it's basically just anything whose, whose constituents are in an organized and repeating pattern. And so, you know, what are the properties of a crystal? Well, a crystal can receive amplify, transduce, transmit, and store energy, vibration, and frequency. Well, when water is in this crystalline state, it has all of those same capacities. It can receive, store, amplify, and transmit energy, vibration, frequency. And that, in fact, is such a huge part of its dharma on earth. It's it's the way that it is able to conduct life. But it's very important to realize that when we say water is life, it's actually more accurate to say that living water is life. And, uh, you know, I used to use the term dead water. A lot of people use the term dead water for things like uh, tap water, bottled water, reverse osmosis, distilled, all of these, these kinds of uh, just industrial waters, highly, highly processed waters, bulk unstructured water. But I actually think it's more fair to say that it is not dead, but comatose. It's very sleepy. It doesn't have access to its consciousness. And I say that because all water can be revived. All water can be brought back into its healthiest natural state. And personally, I believe that as body, as human bodies of water, that is part of our dharma on earth is to, it's, it's part of our sacred responsibility. It's part of our duty to uplift water into this state where it has the capacity to channel higher frequencies, not only into our bodies, but into the landscape, into ecology and into the collective news sphere as well. Because just as the water within our bodies represents and, and conducts our consciousness and our subconsciousness, the collective waters of the planet also conduct the newer sphere of our shared consciousness as well. So this really is a calling that is very important for us to embrace for the collective evolution of our planet from the age of Pisces, where we swim like fish, completely unaware of the preeminence of water. We swim in these waters of unconscious illusions and shifting to the age of Aquarius, where we consciously bear the waters of life, the waters of consciousness, and we understand the integral role of water in creating the hologram of reality, in basically being this primordial mirror that becomes our fate and our destiny. What we do to water, we do to ourselves. What we do to water becomes our own destiny because we are bodies of water. And so this process of uplifting water and ennobling water into the state where it has access to its highest frequencies, where it's in its most uh, crystalline state, something that's been practiced in pretty much every single ancient indigenous culture. It's practiced in every single uh, major religion and the practice of making holy water. And the more we learn about water science, which, you know, we're 
absolutely on the cutting edge of water science in so many fields, agriculture, medicine, ecology, you know, the more we understand what water's needs are and how we can honor her love languages, the more we recognize that water in its highest state has incredible, incredible capabilities. Like for example, restoring genetic potential, you know, they've been doing studies on full spectrum coherent water that is actually able to uh, completely restore dead strains or missing strains of genetics into certain species. There have been uh, some researchers, like the researchers at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, they showed that in the quantum tunneling state, which is it's not the crystalline state, it's a different state, but it's similar. Um, water has the capacity to bilocate and trilocate, meaning the same water molecule can occupy multiple locations in space at the same time. Water can pass through solid walls in this quantum tunneling state. So really water is this, this vessel of miracles and yet we treat it worse than we would treat any living being worse it's the it is the body of life itself and yet we shit in it we piss in it we use it as a carrier for chemical weapons and pesticides and weapons of war and um it's it's absolutely horrific and and we can see the the results that that is having on our on our collective psyche on our collective level of of human emotionality intelligence level of consciousness because that's that's a direct result of the waters so it's important not only to recognize the vast range of water's versatility but to become personally involved in that process of evolving and awakening water because when we awaken water from that state of being comatose we awaken our own consciousness as well so the, basically, the three kind of waters that we personally interact with on a daily basis, well, <laughs> most of us interact with the, with the first or the second kind of water, which would be the first kind of water I consider to be water that actively dehydrates. Uh, most people don't realize that water can physiologically dehydrate you. This would be um, what we call an immature water, water that is an aggressive solvent. It's water that is hungry. It's had everything robbed from it. It's had all of its minerals stripped from it. It's had its microorganisms taken from it. It has no cohesion coherence in the structure. And so internally, it's just very chaotic. There's no there's no symmetry. There's no connection. The molecules feel isolated. And this kind of water, like for example, reverse osmosis or distilled water, um, can actually leach minerals from your body over time. And because you're a body of salt water, mineral depletion is actually a form of dehydration. The vast majority of people around the world, especially in the United States, actually suffer from some form of um, mineral depletion-related dehydration. Um, this would also include something like a tap water that is full of poisons, chemicals, and has been through very traumatic processes, going through right angles in pipes and pumps and treatment facilities. This water is actually traumatized and so that would be water that dehydrates over time. It takes a lot more energy for your body to convert that bulk water into bioavailable living water that can actually be put to use within your cells because you are made of structured water, right? Your body is structured, crystalline, living water. It's like the difference between coal and a diamond. It's it's carbon either way. It's just carbon, but structured carbon is a diamond and unstructured water is coal. We tend to treat our bodies, uh, at least in the medical field, like, it, like they're 
coal water when the fact is they are diamond water. And so we want to be drinking diamond water ourselves as well so that our bodies don't have to go through such an energy expenditure process to convert that bulk water into structured water. So that's the first category of water. That's water that actively dehydrates. That's what most people drink. And Isabel, going to say before we go on to the second one, I I can't help but make the connection. First of all, you called water her, which I want to I want to, because I can literally hear my listeners saying, why do you call water her? But before Mm -hmm. you answer that, I also want to make the connection to how we basically treat water. It's like the most important thing and how we treat it is similar to how we treat the feminine on this planet. Mm. So I'm making that parallel because I think it's a very unconscious thing. I think that as people become aware of how we've treated water as well as how we've suppressed and mistreated and traumatized the feminine inside of all of us, that energy frequency of the feminine that we all carry. I think that bringing that, bringing these parallels up and surfacing them are important because that's how we remember, you know, that's how we transmute and transform something, like you said, from coal into a diamond is through our awareness, correct? Well, the process of shifting water from its bulk kind of coal state to its structured diamond state. There are a lot of different ways to do that. I wouldn't say it's necessarily awareness. I would say it's, you know, there are flow forms, there are vortexes. Basically, we just want to mimic what happens to water in nature, her movement patterns, um, her breath. We want to make sure that she's nourished with minerals, that she's breathing properly or exchanging gases like oxygen and carbonic acid. We want to make sure that she's getting the broad spectrum of electromagnetic frequencies like she would receive from geomagnetic rock formations or the Schumann resonance. I'm not sure if I if I understood that aspect of the of the question properly, but that was kind of how we create the structure in the water. Yeah. So I think there's a th- I think what I'm making is just a metaphorical comparison, mm-hmm. right? Where yes, absolutely, there are all these physiological changes that have to happen in the body's process in order to what you said before about the metaphor of coal into the diamond is, you know, the way that I'm understanding that is basically like the body has to work so hard in order to make that happen because we're taking in something that basically is needy. Before in our last interview, we kind of likened it to a to a needy girlfriend. Like starving water is like this way that when we have a needy girlfriend, she can deplete us of our energy resources, trying to get what she needs from us. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just trying to make some of these parallels that help us also see how these elements are, can be likened to sometimes to the human experience. Yes, definitely. And I also want to go back to just like why you call water her and also the reference I made about you know, how we treat the feminine on this planet is very similar to how we treat water, was my statement. 
you know, and, and that's a very general statement, but it's what comes up in me, like in terms of like something that I actively realize when I think about how we treat water, how we pollute water, how we objectify women, how we mistreat the feminine in general. It's, it's very, I think there's, there's a symbology here is my point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Water is completely objectified and privatized and um, used rather than respected. And, you know, the Kogi tribe in Colombia, who are one of the indigenous people with one of the most intact and still, um, still practiced, still taught water cosmologies on the planet today, they say that we should treat water as though she is the most beautiful woman in the universe because she is all of our mother. And so as women, we should look at her as a mirror of ourselves and men should treat her like she is their dearest beloved, their absolute closest wife and and lover. And for all of us, she is the mother. And, you know, I think that that is had such a useful way of kind of putting this into perspective because most water comes to us very, very traumatized and in need of a lot of love. And we have to understand what her needs are in order to love her properly. We have to understand what her love languages are, because if we treat her like an inanimate object, she's going to end up being an inanimate object. Water is the primordial mirror. She mirrors our treatment of her back to ourselves, what we do to water becomes, you know, when you drink water, it becomes your blood within five minutes. And so if you want to feel like you are going around the world pretty, you know, dull and, uh, you know, objectified and kind of lifeless and a little bit depressed, a little bit anxious, a little bit incoherent, then, you know, just drink tap water or, or bottled water. And, you know, that's how a lot of people feel a lot of the time. And, what water needs ultimately is the same things that we need. And I want to go into that. But first, I want to say that even though that analogy is very useful in the way that we treat water, because it it helps us to recognize that she is a sentient living being, she has a body, mind, and spirit just like we do. It's also not entirely accurate because everything has the masculine and the feminine within it. So even though cross-culturally water is typically seen as a feminine being, when you actually look at water under the microscope, like um, using uh, Andreas Schultz's method, for example, the Hagalis method, you can see that the healthiest water has a balance of masculine and feminine principles. So extremely feminine water would be under that, uh, with that particular method under the microscope would be like circular multiple circles, whereas a very masculine water, you see this a lot in tap water, would be basically nothing but right angles. And so what you actually want to form a well-balanced crystal is you want the roundness that allows the crystal to have this radiating hexagonal shape. And you also want the angularity that allows the crystal to have the rays that come off of it. If you're imagining a snowflake right now, you can kind of see that it's both round and angular. So the balance of the masculine and feminine is actually what what we ideally want within the healthiest water. Yes. But if you think of water itself as being 
the feminine principle, then her masculine counterpart is actually the etheric field. So water is the physical body of the etheric field, and they are in constant communion with one another, especially when that water is crystalline, it has the capacity to tap into that uh, that quantum field of infinite possibilities, that Akashic records, you know, that allows water to have all of the memory and all of the intelligence arcing back to the the very beginning of the universe, you know, and the a fluid was actually the first thing in creation. We can see that even dark matter, uh, they just discovered recently, even dark matter came from, was born from um, nanoclusters of water molecules. Everything comes from water originally. So, you know, I tend to think of it as like water has a body, mind, and a spirit. The body of water is what we can see and interact with. It's the solid, the liquid, the gas. In outer space, there are many more phases. There's superionic amorphous ice. There's all kinds of things, but it's, it's what we can see and, and interact with. And then the mind of water is this etheric field. It is basically the, the quantum consciousness. It's dark energy, which pervades basically the entire universe and connects all things. Like a thought form that everybody kind of connects to like that. It's the field of energy. It's the quantum field of energy that okay. pervades everything in the universe. So the universe, uh, according to physicists, is a superfluid. All of the energy in the universe is superfluidic in nature from the subatomic, the microscopic, all the way down to the macrocosmic. Everything energetically behaves as a superfluid in this universe. And that is the superfluid mind of water that the physical body of water is in constant communication with. We really need an expanded definition of water so that, you know, when we speak of it, we're actually speaking of its entire being and its entire capacities. Like if I'm speaking to you and I say, Hey, Monica, I'm not just talking about your body. I'm talking about your mind and your spirit as well. I'm talking about all of you as a whole being. And yet when we talk about water, we're pretty much just talking about the physical body of water because people don't realize that it is in connection with the quantum field, with the Akashic records. I love what you're pointing to because in the same way, when we're talking about health, we are always talking really about, if you're holistically talking about health, you're talking about the mind, body, and spirit. And so what I'm hearing you say, it's the same with water. We can't just focus on the health of my heart if we're not also talking about my state of mind, my state of emotion, my state of you know, spiritual awakening, like it's all interconnected. And so when you talk about water, you're talking about it as this multi-dimensional organism, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you absolutely cannot separate our discussions of water from our discussions of ourselves because we are drops of water. Right. We're 99.95% water by molecular count. We are entirely bodies of water. And if you're talking about the health of your heart, what it, what is the purpose of your heart physiologically? It is a vortex. It is one long muscle and each of the cells in it are made of 70% water by volume, 99% water by molecular count. And so it is one long muscle that is actually spiraled in on itself so that it can act as a vortex. Vortexes bring in raw energy from the etheric field 
into water. And so the reason why the heart doesn't just pump blood uh, like a machine, like, you know, it used to be taught in old biology textbooks. Oh, the heart is a pump and it pumps blood. Well, as a muscle, it's actually not strong enough to pump blood. What it does is vortexes the blood, which gives the blood itself enough momentum to then spiral through our veins. Because when water moves in a spiral, um, it actually experiences less resistance as the velocity is increased. And so even the, even the dynamics of the energy of our heart and the coherence of our of um of the energy of our heart is directly parallel to the health of our bio waters. And so I just want to go back to um, what I was saying before real quick about the mind, body, and spirit of water. So that's the that's the body and the mind of water. And then the spirit of water is really the hydrogen. So this hydrogen is absolutely magical. Dr. Albert St. Georgie, who was a Nobel Prize winner, said that hydrogen is the fuel of life. And it is absolutely true. It is pure energy itself. In fact, the more that I look into, you know, water in ancient indigenous teachings, water in uh, teachings around the sacred mystery schools, um, water in the, uh, the teachings of you know, the mysticism sects of various religions and even in the scriptural teachings of the major religions themselves, I'm seeing again and again that hydrogen correlates pretty much directly to all of the uh, descriptions that were given of what's been called the Holy Spirit. So hydrogen, different forms of hydrogen make up about 99% of the universe. So the spirit of water, I mean, hydrogen itself literally means hydro, water, and gen creator. So it's the creative force of water makes up about 95% of our universe. 95% in the form of uh, dark fluid, which they're discovering that dark matter is actually um, an S state form of ionized hydrogen. And also of our visible universe, it's about, sorry, 75% of the visible universe. So all totaled hydrogen, the creative spirit of water, hydrogen is 99% of the universe that we live in. It's this incredibly magical substance that when you start to unlock uh, its capacities in water and even within our bodies, you recognize that this is what gives water its multidimensional nature. Because if we're talking about protium hydrogen, which is the ideal kind of hydrogen that we want the most of. When you're talking about deuterium hydrogen, you get really dense, you get really 3D. It has an extra neutron. Uh, it cannot mediate between dimensions. It's associated with uh, all kinds of diseases. It slows down the body. It increases the aging process, et cetera, et cetera. But with protium hydrogen, it's one proton and one electron. And that electron is always uh, dancing and playing and it'll flit around and kind of do its own thing and then come back to the proton. So when it's just a bare proton, when the electron is off doing its own thing, the best understanding that uh, that we currently have for what a proton even is comes from Nassim Haramein and a team of other physicists who have said that a proton is actually a tiny black hole. And so it's this subatomic black hole that is being opened up for just picoseconds at a time inside of water that is communing with the very heart of the universe. It's in constant communion with the source through this transdimensional black hole into which information and energy is pouring and out of which coherent information and energy is coming. And so the amount of hydrogen and the quality of hydrogen, both in our body water and our drinking water, is very, very important to these higher states of spiritual awareness and interdimensional conductivity, states of prayer, states of meditation, not only for the hydrogen that's in it, but also for the uh, photonic energy that's in it. 
So you could consider this to be kind of the soul of water. So we've talked about the mind, the body, and the spirit of water. The soul of water then is actually light. It is actually light. So uh, for every one part matter in a water molecule, which is the hydrogen and the oxygen. And when we think about a water molecule, we think about just hydrogen and oxygen, right? We all learned that a water molecule is H2O. That's actually the matter that's in it. But for every one part matter, there's a trillion parts photons, a trillion parts light particles, a trillion. If you had one trillion seconds, it would be over 30,000 years. So that's how big a trillion is. Wow. So water is literally liquid light, but its ability to translate that light energy into 3D and into biological systems and bodies is proportional to its coherence. Okay. Wow. So that's a very tangential and rabbit trail way of saying, yes, she is a being. Yes, let's treat her like like she is a, a sentient living being and is, in fact, our most close ally, our most intimate relationship that we will ever have. She's literally closer to you than your own breath in every moment of your life. And she is always hearing and seeing and perceiving every subtle thing about you and your environment, consciously and subconsciously. And because water is life, when we start to when we start to facilitate this communion and really tend to this relationship with care and consistency, just as with any relationship in our lives, the more care and consistency we put into it, the more it starts to unfurl and unlock these different um, dimensions and different uh, secrets um, open to our awareness. And it, it is a very deep and profound communion that's possible. So what I'm hearing you say too, is the more that we offer it care and consistency, the more it will reveal. Yes. The more it will unlock and reveal the knowledge, the wisdom, the mystery, the life force, the health, the vitality. And I also come back to this point, which was my only real understanding of the importance of water when I reached out to you. And then you have, of course, exploded that into a quantum realm was Emoto's work, which is, you know, I'm going to circle back to just the fact that this is why when we speak to ourselves harshly, or we speak to others harshly, we literally change molecular structure of our bodies, because the water within us believes these words that are being spoken to it over time, that it actually has the ability to create this chaos within ourselves to begin to interrupt the neurological coherence within our bodies and disrupt and distort the way that we see ourselves or others. Like there's so there's so many connections here. It really starts to, you know, it's like we we talked about going off on this tangent, but I also just want to acknowledge that this is where you your brilliance is so obvious to me because you have this way of taking this very scientific, esoteric subject and helping us make sense of it with the metaphors that you're using, with the language you're creating for it. And I just so appreciate all of it. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure to share. I get... I just get so 
I just feel so honored to get to share this with people because I've seen it change so many lives for the better. And I mean, it certainly has done so for mine. And what you're saying absolutely is true about the way that water responds instantaneously, in fact, faster than the speed of light to every thought and emotion that we have. And our bio water actually responds presynaptically, meaning before we even have a thought in our minds, our bio water responds first. So it is at far more intelligence even than we are. And we can even see that from a, from a, a vibrational hierarchy perspective that it, it has a higher vibration. Um, and so this is kind of the, the locus of the biology of belief. The reason why the biology of belief is what it is. It's also the locus of the uh, law of attraction. It is the modus operandi of manifestation because water has this primordial power of being the mirror and not only reflecting what it receives, but also amplifying what it receives. But it's important to note that it's not only reflecting, it's also informing. So I think the work of Veda Austin is really beautiful in illustrating this. For example, you know, she started by doing macro scale water crystallography photography, where she would expose water to a particular image or a word, and then she would freeze the water and, and take a photo. And it would mirror that exact image back in most cases where you could, if she showed it a picture of a tiger, there would be the shape of a tiger in the water crystallography. If she uh, wrote down a ring on the paper, it would, you know, show up with a, a diamond ring in the crystallography. And, uh, you know, some of these photos are just absolutely stunning and they show water's ability to reflect the fact that she understands what she's receiving and she can artfully and artistically and creatively uh, share that. But what Veda started seeing over and over again in her uh, practice was that water was also repeating certain uh, certain kind of symbols or certain shapes over and over again. And so she started to consistently record these and eventually developed what she calls a system of hydroglyphs, which is basically one of the many ways that water is proactively communicating with us, proactively trying to get our attention and intelligently share information with us. So, you know, if she saw one symbol associated with a particular meaning more than 50 times, she would record it as uh, an official hydroglyph. And she now has hundreds of people working with this method all over the world that can corroborate that they see the same symbols with the same meanings. You know, so for example, uh, you know, one day somebody said, you know, can can you can you ask the water about my daughter, how my daughter's doing? And and it showed, I, I forget exactly, I think it showed the symbol for a dagger and the symbol for stairs, which is like, be careful because there's danger around stairs. The very next day, the daughter was going hiking at this uh, this site uh, in the mountains that had tons and tons and tons of stairs and she was going to be hiking upstairs all day long. So and this is just one example, but there are so many examples of how these hydroglyphs work. And and this isn't a new practice, like having uh, reciprocal conversations with the intelligence of the being of water is not a new phenomenon by any means. Well, Isabel, I mean, I could just point to the oracle card that we chose and I asked you to choose it, and yeah. you chose it, and it was the mirror. It's like, how does, does phenomena like that happen? And then the mirror comes up as literally kind of the 
like the essence mm-hmm. of our conversation, right? And so even just using that as an example of how that intelligence gets transmitted, and this is how I think we also begin to trust our intuition. It's like in our society, we have learned to suppress and deny and step over our intuition. But I believe that that yes. is the waters in our body that is intuitively telling us yes, when and where and how something gets done in that moment. It's why I think you have the impulse to say when, when I'm choosing a card, and then it ends up mm-hmm. being the mirror. <laughs> I mean, you cannot make this yeah, shit up. It's pretty beautiful. I love those synchronicities. I mean, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I do too. And I think water is the synchronicity. Yeah. Water is literally the vessel of the law of correspondence. She shows us over and over again, as above, so below, as within, so without. There's this constant mirroring because she holds the holographic matrix of reality. And that's as true on a collective level as it is on a personal level. You know, there's this quote from uh, Dr. Zach Bush that I really love. He says, you cannot have a spiritual experience if you're dehydrated. You cannot have a spiritual awareness of your identity when you're in a state of dehydration. And I just think that's so true because it is the coherence of our body bio water that allows us to connect. Literally, it is the the meeting point. It is the intermediary between the human and heavenly, between the manifest and the unmanifest realms. Yeah. And it's why, you know, if I'm working with someone who's reading the Akashic Records, say they'll always say, keep a, keep a glass of water, be well hydrated. There are reasons why I'm just, you know, making these connections now, of course, based on everything that you're saying, because it's it becomes this conduit for spirit, for these messages that to come through. I also want to go back, Isabel, because I know that you have been so graceful in just fielding my questions. And as I try to summarize for myself and the listeners, I realized that I might have interrupted you when we were talking about the three forms of water. And we had started talking about starving water is the water that actively dehydrates you. It's also known as immature water. It's purified. It's stripped of all of its nutrients. Mm -hmm. And then I think we went off on a tangent. So I just want to be sure that we come back to that and finish. And maybe we did. No, we didn't. Yeah. So that's very astute. Let's finish that. And then I'd also like to give people an idea of um, at least briefly how they can kind of bring their water back to life again and what water's fundamental needs are, how we can honor her and and take water that is uh, immature and dehydrating and turn it into more hydrating bioavailable living water. I love that. Okay, let's do it. Okay, awesome. So, so yeah, um, a hungry water w- or what uh, hydrologists call an aggressive solvent, it's aggressively going to dissolve things because it's hungry would be like a reverse osmosis or distilled. Even some, even the, the World Health Organization warns against drinking reverse osmosis and distilled over the long term because of things like diuresis and heart disease. You know, they, they basically, they're just, um, industrial waters. They're, they're nothing like, uh, water in nature. And so, 
if you're drinking that, there are better options. There's definitely better options available. So uh, that would be water that dehydrates. I would also put tap water into this category of water that dehydrates because, you know, for example, the chlorine within water can create a little mini genocide of the microbiota, the microorganisms within your intestines. And those are fundamentally aquatic organisms and your gut microbiome diversity without getting too much into the details right now is a huge factor in your hydration. Um, it's a huge part of the hydration strategy. And so, yeah, not to mention things like fluoride can disrupt cell-to-cell signaling and water is the mediator of cell-to-cell signaling. And so uh, those would be dehydrating waters. Speaking of water, just a sec, I'm going to take a sip. Me too. I hope everyone's getting thirsty listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second type of water would be water that satisfies thirst. So this would be something like a a bottled spring water in glass. Now, please know that anytime you see spring water in the grocery store, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100, it's actually not spring water. The industry law to have the laws changed so that they can uh, drill a borehole down into an aquifer, pump up the water and still label it spring water. So it's usually still just well water if it's labeled spring water in a store, but nevertheless, it's more natural. Uh, It still has been put through uh, processes, usually UV or something like that, but usually it will have a higher mineral content, higher TDS. So that will be a little bit more hydrating for you. It's usually still not structured, but it does have more of a mineral content. So your body will absorb it and put it to use much more easily. Um, well water would fall into that category. Or, you know, if you take water and you add some electrolytes to it, that would fall into that category. That's the kind of water that can satisfy thirst. But then there is a third kind of water. And this is where the magic begins. And it's really a spectrum. You know, there's there's all kinds of shades of of gray along the spectrum. So, um, the most minimally living water would be, for example, water that comes directly from a spring that you wildcraft and harvest yourself. That water is not only full of minerals and uh, electromagnetic vibrational frequencies, it's full of probiotic microorganisms that are beneficial to the local ecology in that area. It is a whole water rather than a processed water. It is a whole water. We don't want to eat processed food and we don't want to drink processed water. We want to drink whole water that has the full spectrum within itself. And so spring water, wildcrafted and harvested is definitely the best water that you can get your hands on. And you can go to findaspring.com to find it. And it is literally liquid life being born from the earth. It's a powerful pilgrimage to go and harvest your own water. I highly recommend it for everyone for innumerable reasons. I mean, there's also just the the esoteric qualities of really stepping into physiological, mental, and spiritual sovereignty because the water you drink becomes your blood within five minutes. If you are drinking tap water, you are paying the government for your blood stream. If you are drinking bottled water, you are paying corporations for your bloodstream. And it is this strangely slave-like paradigm in which people have energetically abdicated uh, responsibility for their own living waters and also kind of abdicated the communion with recognizing the fundamental abundance and generosity of the universe that the earth freely gives birth to pouring streams of life. And I've seen clients who start to take on this practice and it just ripples into to every aspect of their lives. So uh, really worth making the pilgrimage to go to a spring and do that. And in cases where that's not available, there are also alchemical practices 
is that you can do steps that you can take to bring any water back to life. I have a course called Navigating the Waters that will teach you each of these in-depth and multiple methods for each step and the importance of them and the science behind them and how to do them and different tools and different techniques and how to do it, you know, free or cheap or low budget or like which tools to get to do to do them to the highest quality. But you know, there are some tools that will bring water into such a state of just incredible living vibrance that it has so much life force energy. There's so much of its uh, Holy Spirit hydrogen within it. There is so much of the etheric field, the mind of water within it. Literally, you're concentrating orgone energy into the water. There is such a coherent level of structural crystallinity that the water literally becomes slightly more viscous. And this is kind of the difference between water that you'll find at springs, like general springs that you probably have closer than you even realize uh, to your own home versus spring water that you would find at really sacred sites. Like for example, in Lourdes, France, the spring that is at Bernadette's Grotto, um, you know, pilgrims have been journeying to that spring for hundreds of years to be cured of all kinds of illnesses. It's considered one of the miracle springs of the world because it has such incredible healing capacity capacities. Um, and we can mimic the qualities of that water in our water at home if it, with these various alchemical practices. Or like uh, Tlacote, Mexico, for example, there's another one of these miracle springs or Nadana, India, there's another one. So all over the world, there are these springs with enormously healing capacities. And so when we actually take on this practice of ennobling water, there's really no end to how versatile uh, water is or how much uh, goodness and vibration water can take on. And I just want to also in the same breath really caution people about a lot of the fads and the misinformation and the uh, woke water trends that are out there because there's a lot of swag on the market. There's a lot of stuff that seems really cool and actually doesn't really work that well. Like Kangen water, for example, I do not recommend that people electrocute their water. <laughs> That's just, it is a not, it's not a good idea. What about Isabel, like Brown's water? Brown's gas water. Yeah, Brown's gas water. Type of water plasma. And it, yeah, so as long as you're channeling the Brown's gas into a separate container of drinking water and not doing the process on the drinking water itself, just get, just get one of the setups that channels the Brown's gas into the drinking water. And it can be enormously healing for sure. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So I, gosh, this is amazing. I mean, I have so many more questions for you, but I really do want as you, you know, I know you, you desire to do this as well as just to help our listeners today kind of work with the water that they have at their fingertips and bring that water back to life and begin really hydrating themselves. So I would love to have that conversation. And then of course, maybe we can do a separate episode that really goes a bit deeper because I just want to continue to explore this conversation and you've just obviously got such an incredible wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, we'll try to um, keep it simple. There's really just six steps to bringing water back to life, which is forage, filter, structure, 
balance, energize, and embody. So forage, we just talked about, that's the importance of going and harvesting raw, wild, living water. I cannot overstate that. Um, All of the rest of the steps are just in the case that you don't have access to a spring for whatever reason, or you are temporarily away from the spring that you normally harvest from. So if you are not drinking fresh, raw, wild spring water, then these are the steps that you would do to bring your water back to spring quality filter, structure, balance, and energize and embody. So filtration, I think, speaks for itself. Actually, let me just say there's only one tool that will do all of these steps. So I've been teaching these steps since, gosh, probably, um, I don't know, 2016 or something like that. And then it was just uh, about a year ago that I finally came across a product that will do all of these steps for you because otherwise you have to do each one of them individually. Well, there are some, there's some overlap. Some tools can do, multi, um, can do two steps, but uh, it's called the spring aqua. So the spring aqua will filter, structure, balance, energize, and suffuse your water with really high therapeutic doses of molecular hydrogen without electrolysis. It's what I personally use. It recreates the geology of the water in uh, in Bernadette's Grotto at Lourdes, France. So it literally recreates Lourdes water underneath your sink. It is phenomenal. Highly recommend that. Um, also, all of the tools that I mentioned in these steps, you can find all of them at waterislife.shop. And the shop is broken down into each of these steps. So you can uh, look at each of those collections and see what uh, what tools are available for each step. So Waterslife.shop is going to have you covered on all of it. But for filtration, obviously, that speaks for itself. Just like we need to stay clean, we need hygiene. Water also needs hygiene, um, and that's filtration. And most people stop there, right? Most people say, oh, as long as the water is clean, then it must be good, high-quality water. But that's like saying, oh, well, you took a shower today, so you're healthy. Health is a much more multifaceted, um, uh, you know, proposition than that. So, you know, water is a well-rounded being just like you are and all of the facets of her health and her needs are very similar to yours. So yes, she needs hygiene hygiene with filtration, but she also needs structure. So just like you need quality relationships in your life, water also needs quality relationships. We want to facilitate um, these bonds, these connections, these communities, these family dynamics within the structural matrix of water molecules so that they can get together, they can snuggle up, they can dance with one another, they can talk, they can communicate, they can channel light, energy, information, frequencies, sound, etc. through your body. And so that is structuring. There are a lot of different ways of doing this, things like um, epitaxy and transference. We already talked about. There's also flow forms, which I really love. There's vortexing. There are all kinds of methods for structuring your water. Some of my favorite. And that's where the Amalama water wand comes in, right? The Analemma will structure and energize. Yeah. So okay. that's one of my favorite tools. Another one of my favorite tools for that is um, the flow forms by Natural Action, the portable water revitalizer. I also really love the quantum block and the infinity block by Leela Quantum for structuring water. Um, and then also the, of course, the container that you keep the water in will determine how long it's able to maintain its structure as well. And then the next step after filter and structure is balance. So we've just made sure that water is has hygiene, is taking its morning showers. We've made sure that water has healthy, happy relationships and family and community dynamics and friendships. And now we want to make sure that water is 
eating and breathing properly. So just like us, we partake of the earth element when we eat food that was grown in the earth or food that ate food that was grown in the earth. And the water partakes of the earth element when she eats minerals, which when dissolved into water become electrolytes. And that's really important to have a water that is balanced in electrolytes. Um, some of my favorite electrolytes are Kenton Marine Plasma, which again, you could find at waterislife.shop. And then also Minbiotics is another great one or making Soleil Solution at home can be another really great option. Um, but everything that's on the shop is well vetted. So if I have electrolytes on there, it's because they're good ones. Um, I do not recommend that people use trace minerals mineral drops or concentrates. That's a really popular one, but it's actually really poor quality. It's been found to have some contaminants in there, et cetera. So uh, you also want to make sure that your water is breathing properly. So for water to breathe, she needs to exchange gases like oxygen and carbonic acid. This is also making sure that water has um, high enough levels of hydrogen, which again is very important. That's the spirit of water. And it's also, it's the pure life force energy in our bodies. And your your body translates protium hydrogen directly directly into ATP, which structures your intracellular fluid, giving your intracellular fluid so much more capacity for voltage and vibration. So this hydrogen is really important. And again, it's what mitigates and mediates these uh, the opening of these proton black holes that uh, connect us to the quantum field and in really profound ways. And so to oxygenate or aerate your water, you can again pour it through flow forms. You can uh, vortex the water. Um, you can stir or spin the water and make sure that she's getting a good movement. So um, that's kind of how to oxygenate the water. And then when it comes to hydrogen, again, if you have something like the spring aqua, that's going to take care of it for you and put hydrogen in the water. When it comes to the hydrogen tablets, I think those are really they're good if you're traveling. They're good if you're in a pinch, but they don't suffuse into the water very effectively and your body only absorbs, you know, up to 30% of them. And so it's not really like therapeutic doses of hydrogen. It's really just like toss it in your purse for when you're out and about or you're, or you're on the road or something like that. But for your at home hydrogen strategy. If you already have a filter and you don't want a system like the Bring Aqua that will also filter and structure balance and all that, but you have other strategies for those steps and you just want something that adds hydrogen without electrocuting the water like a Kangen or these other ionizing machines will do, then I recommend definitely getting something like the Lord's Hydrofix. That's the best one I've found on the market in terms of value for price. Really, really effective, really high quality, well-engineered, high quality hydrogen. And also you can breathe it in through a cannula as well. So that's making sure that the water is eating and breathing. And then just like you need a very healthy microbiome, uh, we're finding out that you know your microbes are one of the most important factors in your health. You have 1.3 other organisms in your body for every one of your own cells. You are a very diverse ecosystem of little aquatic organisms within your body of water. And so living natural spring water also is nature's probiotic supplement. It's going to have a broad range of the microorganisms necessary to that microclimate and that unique ecosystem that you're living in, that you're drinking from. And so to restore that to water, I've actually only found one or two things out there that can that can restore that to water. One of them is called Kelby Ceramics. And the other one, I forget what it's, it's another form of EM Ceramics actually. So again, you can find those on waterslife.shop. So you, that's the balance step. And then Energize is the process of maturing water. 
So taking the water from immaturity in which she either has been exposed to very negative influences and frequencies or just hasn't been exposed to many influences and frequencies at all is making sure that because water becomes a vessel of what it's exposed to. If you let your water listen to um, a particular kind of music, you are literally drinking in the physical version of that music and integrating it into your cellular matrix. And so we want to inform water intelligently with what we want to be made of. And there are a few different, there are actually many, many ways of doing this, praying over your water, singing to your water, uh, leaving your water in the moonlight overnight, letting your water listen to the sounds of birds outside in the trees, you know, like water would listen to in nature. All of these steps are just to mimic what happens in nature. Electromagnetic field frequencies like magnetism, for example, will inform the water energetically. But I typically think of there as being like my daily, everyday maturation and energizing process. And then a, and then a more uh, specific process. So for daily, everyday maturation, you want a really, really broad spectrum of frequencies. That's why I love the Analemma wand because, um, it has the entire spectrum. That water has been matured over the course of an entire year, exposed to all of the cycles of the moon, all of the phases of the seasons, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very, very well balanced. It's very mature and it will actually bring more photonic light energy into the water that you immerse the wand in. So that's kind of a full spectrum daily drinking water. But then occasionally I like to use something called an infopathy device, which again, you can find at waterslife.shop that is going to um, suffuse the water with very specific and intentional vibrations. If you want whatever supplements you take, for example, you can infuse the water with a supplement stack. It saves so many hundreds of dollars per month on supplements. You want vitamin C in there? You can put vitamin C, any any mineral, any anything you can put in there. They've got thousands of frequencies. It blows my mind sometimes how many frequencies are available. I like to put oxytocin in there, the frequency of oxytocin. It just gives me a very loving day. Um, sometimes before I go on a podcast or I sit down to write or create a course or something, I'll do a stack of nootropics, you know, alpha GPC, um, different brain support things. And I mean, they, they have everything. I can't even, they've even got DMT and ayahuasca and different entheogenic compounds that you can suffuse wow. into the water. It's, it's really vast. So that's energizing. And then the next step after that, so we've got filter, structure, balance, energize. And the last step, which is actually the most important important step, even though it's the last one, if this was the only one that you did, it would still be probably enough is to is embody. And that is making sure that your cells are actually primed to receive the hydration. Because if you are not absorptive or your your body isn't putting the water you drink to good use, then it really doesn't matter how much you drink. It's just going to pass right through you anyways, right? And this is actually this step right here is the reason, the main reason why most people are dehydrated. Yes, because they're drinking dehydrating water, but mostly because our lifestyle practices are constantly dehydrating us. It's been said, I think it was Dr. Tom Cowan or Dr. Zach Bush, one of the two that said that we're living in a desert without even realizing it because everything we do on a daily basis in the modern Western lifestyle is drying us out. And that's why we have such chronic rates of disease in the Western world. Our diets are drying us out. Uh, sitting is drying you out. So your movement practice is what determines how well your fascia can actually irrigate your cells. It's what determines how your 
your lymphatic fluid is able to flow. So that's a huge factor is your movement practice. Um, you know, if you're sitting in heating and air conditioning all the time, that's going to dehydrate you. Most pharmaceuticals are dehydrating people. The diets that people eat are dehydrating them. Um, the thoughts that we think we say can be destructuring your bio water and dehydrating you. If you watch horror movies, that actually has a dehydrating effect on you, believe it or not. But one of the biggest influences that I see in this sphere. And the first one I would recommend that most people look at in terms of embodiment is electromagnetic field exposure. So if you are in the presence of strong man-made EMFs, your body literally cannot absorb the water that you're drinking because it shorts out the uh, voltage at the cell membrane, which mediates the osmotic flow of water in and out of the cells. It can also cause your gap junctions to resonate at the wrong frequency. If you're around Wi-Fi routers, um, if you're on your phone all the time and you don't have any EMF protection around those things, that is absolutely going to impact your your level of hydration and therefore your level of health. So that's the first thing to look at for most people. Okay, wow. I mean, it it sounds probably overwhelming to most people, but I also want to just say that to our listeners today that I think as we kind of sit with this information, this is certainly what happened to me from our first conversation Isabel was just really starting by going to, I forget the website you said, but it was like livespring.com, right? Findaspring.com. Findaspring.com. And just starting to look at what did I have around me? What could I order, you know, online that could just start? Because just remember too that anything that you're going to start implementing is an improvement. And I loved how you had just said, you know, even if we were to just pay attention to one or six, right? Number one or number six, that there's a way that we can start realizing that by making subtle changes over time, we can begin to actually improve our health and that there are you know, and I've discovered as I've continued to kind of look around and just contemplate all of this, that there are other options around me that I had not even realized. And so, for example, we have a company nearby that is like Crystal Springs, and, and they have a really good reputation. And again, like some of this, I have to continue to vet out. But there's also just different ways that buying the water wand and starting to treat my water and starting to speak to my water or starting to expose my water in the moonlight, like you said, like there are so many different things that we can do to just improve the water that we, you know, that we're ingesting, that we're bringing into our lives. And just, again, beginning with that awareness, but starting to actually take steps toward you know, really bringing this through this six-step process and whatever steps we can, you know, bring to it in the meantime is all of that is going to be helpful. 
Yeah, it's baby steps. Nothing happens overnight. You know, you just start with where you are, start with what you have, start with what feels approachable. Also, I offer one-on-one consultations with people to come up with personalized hydration strategies that fit their budget and their lifestyle. So if you feel overwhelmed and you're not sure where to start, just book an hour with me and we can look at, okay, you know, what is what is your current level of hydration and what's going to be like the minimum dose, most effective things that, you know, we can bring into your life to to make an impact. And, you know, I want to again reiterate that because hydration is the cornerstone of physical, mental, and emotional health, that even though it seems really overwhelming because it's all new information and we haven't considered hydration in this way before, it actually in the long run really simplifies life. Because instead of having so many different strategies and so many different practices and so many different like angles that we're looking at things from, and so it's like we are bodies of water and it's that simple and water affects everything. Yeah. Everything in our lives. And so instead of going to, you know, this healer for this and that practitioner for that, and and I'm not knocking any, any healing modality. Ultimately, you know, it's like Dr. Carly Newday and others have said any healing modality that is effective, if it actually heals you, it does so by affecting your bio water. And that's Mm -hmm. true of any healing modality. But I'm just saying, if you address the water first and the hydration first, it really does simplify things in the long run. So instead of buying a ton of supplements, you're like, okay, well, am I actually hydrated? You know, instead of running out to your umpteenth therapy session, you're like, oh, am I actually just really anxious and stressed out because I'm not hydrated? (laughs) It's, you know, it really simplifies things over time. I love, yeah, I absolutely love that you brought that up because it is so true. It's, it's looking at water again through this different lens and also looking at kind of that overall return on investment over time. And of course, that investment is impacting us on that, that whole entire system, you know, mind, body and spirit. And so, it really has been so helpful to just have this conversation, to understand what we can each do to empower our water, to love our water, to bring our water back to life. And Isabel, I just want to acknowledge you again for just your incredible wealth of knowledge. You are truly an ambassador and a vessel for this work. And I just really honor all of the just incredible work you've done on behalf of all of us, because you really have made this information so much more palatable, so much more accessible. And I just want you to know that I appreciate you from, you know, my deepest, my deepest heart over here. I'm just feeling Mm -hmm. so inspired by everything that you've shared with us today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Monica. It's been such an honor and a pleasure and a privilege to come here and share with you. And I always love getting to connect with you. I mean, this is the second time we've we've had a conversation about water, but I always so enjoy getting to connect and chat with you beforehand as well. You just have such a beautiful and radiant and authentic energy. And I so appreciate the way you bring that through and all of these amazing episodes that you bring to your audience. You're, you're really rippling out just incredible healing into the world with what you're bringing through with this project. So thank you for all that you do as well. 
Thank you. And I also know that you have a retreat coming up. We are going to air this particular episode very soon, like actually probably next week. So I don't know if it will be in time, but I do want to offer you the opportunity to plug it here with our listeners because you do have four spots available. (laughs) And also, I think you're going to probably be doing it again. And I think my listeners would love to know what you're up to with these water retreats. Yes. So we have four spots available in the villa currently, um, but there are other uh, lodging options. So by the time this airs, if this airs next week, there probably will still be a few spots available for people. And it's going to be so nourishing. We have so many incredible offerings lined up. So it's going to be February 3rd through the 8th, five days in Tulum, Mexico. We're going to be immersing in the sacred waters of cenotes and doing Mayan water ceremonies and doing John Zoo underwater body work and doing um, underwater ecstatic dance in the pristinely blue waters of the Riviera Maya. And we're also going to have ice baths and temascals, which are both forms of hydrotherapy. We have an incredible underwater photo shoot planned. We also have this amazing alchemical experience of balancing your inner waters and inner fires by literally holding the element of fire in your hands as you're immersed in the water. Um, we have daily yoga practices. And of course, I will be teaching. And in particular, I'll be teaching on the more esoteric and spiritual aspects of water mysticism, water scripture, um, ancient indigenous water wisdom teachings. Um, it's going to be a really profound experience and the perfect way to kick off 2023. So I definitely hope you'll join us. You can find all the details at waterislife.love slash Yucatan dash retreat. Oh my goodness. I'm just like, ah, (laughs) sounds so amazing. Okay. And for my listeners, I will be sure to put all of these incredible links in the show notes. And until next time, more to be revealed.